This is Fine Rambles, number 172. Okay, I don't really want to do this episode, so we're going to go as fast as possible. If you have anything that you want to discuss that comes up during this episode, please let me know. Let's start with the good news. The vaccine is working, and I'm not basing that on the phase three trials, which were deliberately underpowered, underpowered to the extent that they told us nothing about severe cases or deaths. They were powered to tell us only that the vaccine prevented mild cases. That's partially because so few people die from COVID. The PFR, or or the population fatality rate, is 0.1%, and partially because Pfizer and Moderna wanted to give the vax to everyone, so they recruited a representative sample of America rather than focusing on the vulnerable populations. So only 5% of the over 40,000 people in the Pfizer trials were over 75 years old, and only 3% of them had had COVID. Now, out of those 40,000, 20,000 in each arm, there were zero deaths after two months. Then, at the six-month follow-up, there were 15 deaths from all causes in the vaxxed group and 14 in the unvaxxed group. There was one death blamed on COVID in the vaxxed group and two in the unvaxxed group. The Moderna trials had similarly weak results. This is hardly conclusive, but apparently conclusive enough that both companies blew up their placebo arms in December 2020 and just gave everyone the vaccine. And that means we will never have randomly controlled trial data. We will never have RCT data to compare long-term effects between vaxxed and unvaxxed, ever. So why do I say the vax works? Well, Okay, before we start, note that these analyses are as generous to the vaccines as possible, okay? I only treat people as vaxxed if they are 7 or 14 days after getting the second shot. So any side effect, such as blood clots, myocarditis, death from the vaccine is excluded from these numbers since those those iatrogenic results would occur before that start date, okay? And just note that VAERS, you know, the Vaccine Adverse Effect, uh, I think it's reporting system, now has over 12,000 reports of deaths following vaccination, most within two or three days of injection, okay? 12,000 deaths. So again, why do I say the vaccine works? Well, we can look at real-world data. For example, in Scotland in late July, the vax created a two-thirds relative risk reduction in acute hospitalizations. But the absolute numbers are tiny. Risk was reduced from 0.018% to 0.006%. So that's two-thirds relative risk reduction, but it means that the NNT, the number needed to treat, the number of people you would have to vaccinate to avoid one acute hospitalization was over 8,000. Try to imagine a line 8,000 people long. One would benefit from the vaccine. The other 7,999 would suffer only the cost the hassle, and the side effects. Now, we can do a similar analysis with the UK data where approximately 90% of people over the age of 50 have been vaxxed and, according to the latest release, account for 70% of the recent 
COVID-related deaths in that age group. Okay, so 90 do 70. That's a 75% relative risk reduction. And that's after six months, which is really good. Okay, now the NNT here, again, the number needed to treat, and this is cumulative for the Delta variant in the UK is 7,330. So again, so for every 7,330 fully vaccinated people over the age of 50, the UK has saved one life so far cumulatively from Delta. But the numbers are going in the wrong direction for the vaccine. You can see this in the UK data, in the Israel data. You can infer it from the US data, especially Florida and Hawaii, although the states don't break it out and we vaccinated later than UK or Israel. Which brings us to boosters. Okay, if you think the phase three trial data for the vaccines was scanty, that's nothing compared to booster information. We have no data on their ability to stop severe cases or deaths. We only know that they increase AB titers or, or antibody levels, but that's a surrogate endpoint and it's not good enough in my opinion. We also haven't been given good information on booster side effects. And given the body's natural allergy to PEG, that's the, you know, the polyethylene glycol, that's the lipid nanoparticle coating, there's a risk that just as second shot side effects were worse than first shot side effects, third shot side effects may be worse than second shot side effects. Okay, more bad news. The vaccine does not prevent transmission. Now, I'm over my skis here, <laughs> but my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that a vaccine injection, well, this is a gene therapy, not a vaccine, but anyway, a vaccine injection can't develop IgA antibodies in the sinuses and saliva. And so they found equal viral loads in unvaxxed cases and breakthrough cases. Although in the vaccinated cases, the viral loads may drop faster with time. But vaccinated people are more likely to be asymptomatic, so they're less likely to isolate when sick. And the result is that it is the vaccinated population who are more likely to be spreading Delta. Now, because the vaccine has waning efficiency in preventing COVID cases, and it does not prevent transmission, it's not a sterilizing vaccine, vaccine passports have no leg to stand on. They are directly contrary to the evidence. They are wrong. And a recent paper shared by Bar Yam, you know, uh, I think it's near Bar Yam, also showed that the vaccine does not reduce the relative risk of long COVID. <sighs> More bad news. Cloth masks may do a little good at the margins, but they do not prevent transmission. Because of this, and because of normal human behavior, mask mandates have done nothing. They do not work. Now, I don't have children, but I understand the anger of the parents who are protesting against these mandates in schools. Masks in school are an extraordinary demand, and that requires extraordinary evidence. But there is no evidence, and we have to remember this. The burden of proof must be on the people demanding mandates, okay? Influenza, <laughs> influenza kills more children every year than COVID. What is the psychological cost to a child where a mask all day, every day. We don't know. But the New York Times writes, quote, there is good reason to believe that wearing a mask at school could actually improve certain social and cognitive skills, end quote. This is appalling, okay? This is appalling. It is anti-science. There is no evidence for what they are talking about. The blatant nature of the propaganda is absolutely appalling. The level of gaslighting, the level of lies. Look, if you read the New York Times, just stop, okay? It's worse than Pravda. Whew.
Lockdowns also have had no discernible effect. The data on this are now very, very clear. Now, totally draconian, insane nanny state lockdowns can work for a time in very select circumstances in isolated countries like we've seen in Australia and New Zealand. New Zealand, for God's sakes, they recently locked down the entire country for one case. But this suicidal madness only delays the inevitable unless those countries plan to stay in COVID prison for all eternity. And the costs of doing so to people sick with other diseases, to the mental health of everyone, to small businesses in particular, but also the economy as a whole is catastrophic and unacceptable. Remember that a bad economy also translates directly into deaths. All right, vaccines also caused the Delta variant and vaccines will cause future variants. This is basic evolution. If 80, 90% of your population is vaccinated, a mutation that allows a variant to attack the vaccinated has 5x or 10x the potential targets, and it will be selected by nature. There are good charts online showing how the variants emerged, where and when vaccines were being trialed. It is impossible now to control SARS-CoV-2, and every new vaccine will simply prolong this this whack-a-mole problem. But that's exactly what the pharma companies want. The Moderna CEO is already talking about annual boosters forever. <laughs> forever. Now, I'm not even going to try to get into ADE or, or antibody-dependent enhancement. If you're feeling masochistic and you want to go into that, you know, barbed wire-lined rabbit hole, look up Robert Malone on Twitter if his account is still there. The point is this, there is no effective vaccine for any of the four legacy circulating coronaviruses. There is no effective vaccine for any rhinovirus. And contrary to popular knowledge, there is no effective vaccine against the influenza virus. A paper published in April 2020 showed no benefit from the flu vaccine for the elderly. These viruses simply mutate too fast for a vaccine to be effective. And SARS-CoV-2 is similar. It may not mutate quite as quickly as some of these others, but it mutates too fast for a vaccine to ever eradicate it. This is not measles or mumps or rubella. It's just not. Now, despite all of this, we're seeing vaccine mandates creeping forward. You need a vaccine to fly in Canada. Companies are firing workers who don't comply. New York City and L.A. are instituting their own top-down mandates. This is, to put it mildly, authoritarian insanity. SARS-CoV-2 has a population fatality rate of 0.1%, and that's across the population. 95% of those who die have at least one recognized comorbidity, which means the chances of a healthy person dying are 1 in 20,000. 1 in 20,000. And that assumes no other unrecognized health problems. I have seen no data on the risk to Crohn's patients or people with lupus or HIV or, or leukemia. Why haven't they released this data? If I was immune compromised, I would be outraged at the lack of transparency. For that matter, how many of the deaths in the unvaxxed population are in people who were so sick they couldn't be vaccinated? Again, we don't know because they won't tell us. Instead, they are demanding compliance from everyone, regardless of risk, regardless of personal choice, regardless of the fact that vaccines do not prevent transmission, regardless of previous COVID infection. And we now know that acquired immunity is significantly better than the vaccine immunity. 
Mandates are also destroying hospital capacity because just as hospitalizations are rising, hundreds, thousands of nurses are being fired for refusing to get vaccinated. It's not ICU beds that's the problem. It's the artificial destruction of the nursing staffs by vaccine mandates. Those policies are going to kill patients. Look, I worry about the future of this country. I look at the last 18 months and I see the rich getting richer and everyone else getting shamed for complaining as their businesses and lives are destroyed. I look at the increasingly authoritarian tactics of the police in the UK and and Australia, and I wonder, are we next? And never say it can't happen here. It can happen here. And we're going in that direction. That's all I've got this week. I'll catch you later.